Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Forums, where we will hear from finalists who are paving the way in the wealth management industry. The industry does have a problem. It's called succession. A growing number of advisors are nearing retirement, but they do not have plans for an orderly transition of their business. I'm Patrice Sikora, and with me are three industry leaders to discuss trends and concerns facing the wealth management space, including record levels of mergers and acquisitions. But first, we're going to talk succession with Todd Folks, Senior Vice President, Succession and Acquisition at Advisor Group, Hilary Plumer, Managing Director of Advisor Services at Prospera, and Rob Goff, Vice President of Succession and Acquisition Consulting at Raymond James. All right, Todd, you were first on the list. You're going to get the first question. Succession, is it a concern right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it is. I think that, you know, we all know the, the demographics in our industry. Uh, that's, that's nothing new. We also see a number of different accelerants over the past three to five years. You know, you have the DOL fiduciary rule that came and went and then came back again. You've got Regulation BI that came and stayed. You've got cybersecurity measures that financial professionals have to take. And then, as I mentioned, you have DOL coming back in in a different format, so to speak. But then you also have the DOL coming in and recently saying they want to make a push or it wants to make a push for changing the, the characterization, possibly, of independent contractors in the IBD space from independent contractors to employees, which really causes a problem with a lot of the deal structuring that we see with succession plans. So I do think that there is an issue. Um, and I think that, you know, you've got a great panel here today that that it's our job to help solve for this problem. And we also know that, you know, you see that all of the headlines through really information over the past few years, it seems consistent that about 40% of financial professionals plan to leave the industry in the next 10 years. So I think it's really incumbent upon the folks who you have on the phone to really help those folks um, you know, do what they do for their own clients and help them retire on their own terms. Well, Hillary, let me ask you this. Why are people not planning? Do they think they're going to work forever? You know, I doctors also make the worst patients. I think planners get so wrapped up in working with their clients and helping their clients and they they don't stop to think about what they want and I, I think some of it the challenge is that they're overwhelmed they don't know exactly what they want they want to find that ideal person and they don't know how to find the person um, there's such a challenge because you think well I want them to be just like me do I want them to compliment me they're it's really hard to find someone to come in and be a succession plan you know we also have so few people coming into the industry, so there's just not there's just not a wide variety and a good base of junior advisors and younger advisors to come in and, and develop a succession plan with. So I think when they get overwhelmed, they just kick it down the road and don't give it much thought. And Rob, do you think maybe they don't know how to plan for succession? I, I think that's part of it. I, I think Hopefully, the support they're getting from their current firms, whether on the employee side or independent side, that they're getting plenty of education. But it, it's also an all, you know, I think Hillary really said it well, that it's, it's easy to put off and easy to not think about whether it's their own retirement or their sort of own mortality. It's easy to put off. And I think that's what we're seeing 
them just sort of put it aside and I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know, they're focused on their clients uh, and their clients retirement and their clients succession and not so much on their own. And um, and I do agree with Hillary as well in terms of the number of uh, advisors coming into the industry has really been down over the last five, 10 years. And that's going to create some a lot of opportunities out there for, for those looking to, as the advisors who are aging do decide to leave the industry. Uh, unfortunately, it's one way or the other. They will be leaving, but uh, hopefully it's on their own terms, like Todd said, as opposed to health and wellness forcing them out earlier than they anticipate. Is there some way the industry can can encourage them to at least plan, if not actually take that step and retire? I, I think so. This is Todd. I, and I think that, you know, that's the, the reason that Rob and Hillary and, and I are in the positions that, that we have. This is something that I've dedicated my career to. I have a passion for this. And, you know, going back to both Rob and Hillary's comments, you know, it's kind of like the old adage, the, the cobbler's children have no shoes. A lot of financial professionals are, they're, they're spending their time working in their business and working for their clients, which is something they definitely should do. But they don't spend time, at least a little bit of time, working on their business and planning for ultimately their own retirement. Which, when you come right back to it, is also servicing their clients and their employees. 100%. And I know, you know, Patrice, we have found, we have helped advisors with succession plans, you know, from, from the be, you know, beginning of the, the firm times. But just recently, have we really formula, formulated that into an actual process and gone out and been more proactive with it? In the past, it's really just been a reactive service that, that we've offered. Now we've put together guidebooks and processes and, you know, sample contracts and kind of that whole how-to that you were talking about at the beginning. They don't know how to, they don't even know where to start. So we have, you know, a consultant internally who will take them all the way through that process. You know, at the same time, we're building up the potential buyer type side of it. You know, those who would be interested in becoming the succession plan and joining in with those advisors who want to go out. So we're just really at this point trying to amp up the education and the resources for our advisors. What's been the response to that, Hillary? Oh, overwhelming. You know, I, I think both Todd and, and Rob um, have said it well in that, you know, these advisors a lot of times aren't thinking about themselves. I mean, I will talk to an advisor who, you know, is advanced in age and they're talking about, you know, having to care for their spouse or, or something, but they can't even realize that they're that same age. You know, it seems so obvious to the rest of us that, that they need to at least start a, a plan. But our advisors have been very willing to talk about it. Um, not as much, not everyone is, is willing to do something about it. You know, we do have, I have some advisors who are willing to talk about a five to eight year plan, which I love because you can get in front of it. You can really help them and we can really do it right. And then we get calls from somebody saying, well, I'd like to be done in 30 days. Um, and, you know, we try very hard not to laugh because um, it's not funny, but you just want to say, well, that's going to be, you know, you're going to have a lot less options if you need to be done in 30 days. So we really are trying to do things in advance. And I, I think to, to uh, mirror what Hillary said, it, what we've seen is an increase in those types of calls, which is down the road, 
uh, it might be five, 10 years, they might not have a date in mind, and, and most of them don't yet, but at least they're thinking about it. And we've seen an increase over the last five years, especially where people are at least thinking about it and having true planning discussions, uh, as opposed to those, hey, I need to get out because of, you know, again, health and wellness being the right now the main driver uh, that we've we've witnessed. And so uh, we're we feel as those calls increase, and consulting opportunities increase on the planning for the future. I think it's positive. So I do think while it's a while it might be considered a problem today, I think we're getting out there more and as Hillary said, more proactive in the industry. And advisors are starting to think about it more. And and to your question earlier, Patrice, it doesn't impact just the advisor. You know, planning for succession impacts their staff, impacts their clients, impacts impacts their beneficiaries. And so there's a lot of reasons to really think about it and put a good plan in place because you've got more, you know, a, a business owner, financial advisor has more than just themselves to think about. And, and uh, I, I do see it turning where more and more are thinking about it, which is positive. And I completely agree with that, Patrice. I mean, you have you have three firms here represented that I, I think are are all three making a concerted effort to to help with this area. Uh, so, at advisor group, we ha- we have a really an end to end process that we go through or, or a platform. We start with education. We have very particular criteria or curriculum, rather that uh, we help both people who want to buy these businesses and folks who are nearing retirement. Uh, we have a matching website uh, called mysuccessionplan.com, which is part of our technology solution to be able to match those folks both internally and externally. Uh, we help advisors, financial professionals with valuations and analytics to not only understand what the value of their business is now, but how to actually grow that through prescriptive analytics. And then we help with deal structuring, we help with due diligence, we help with the negotiation, we actually document the deals. We come in with capital at the firm level to help them help buyers who you know, don't necessarily have hundreds of thousands of dollars burning a hole in their pocket to be able to buy a, a business. And then we help with the transition of those clients, both from the, the back office perspective and also the client facing perspective. And then at the end of all of that, we have another program that helps buyers who have gone through all of those steps in the the end-to-end process really create something that's the best return on their investment. And what we really recognize that all of this, as as Rob and Hillary have both alluded to, it's not just for the financial professionals. It is for the end client. I mean, as long as they have that in mind, then these things work out pretty well. And Todd, that is the perfect segue, you were reading my mind here, into the question of mergers and acquisitions. That's growing. Is it being fueled by by COVID? Is it being fueled by succession planning? What what are we seeing here? Yeah, I think that it's it's being fueled by, you know, some of the accelerants that I mentioned before. We all know that the age demographics of the, the industry. I would say, you know, the major accelerants that we see mainly revolve around regulations and technology. And, and financial professionals are just getting to the point that it's not fun for them anymore. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I hear on a regular basis. It's, it's just, I don't enjoy what I'm doing when I have to go through all of the, the regulatory hoops that I have to jump through. And we all know that they're, they're necessary, but you know, when you've been in the business for 30, 40 years, 
it's a completely different world in which we live right now. And, and things are a lot different. And people are beginning to recognize that. And that is why, that's one of the reasons why we are seeing across the board, you know, record m and we, we see it on a regular basis. I think in 2020, we saw about 150 succession plans that, that we did internally. 2021, we did 162. And for the first two quarters of 20, I'm sorry, yeah, 2021, we did 162. For the first two quarters of 2022, we've already done 119. So those statistics continue to grow. I, I don't see them going away. I, in fact, I see them continuing to grow well into the future. And I think it, it's something that, again, you've got some great folks like Rob and Hillary on the phone right now that, that are helping solve this problem. And I, I would echo what, what Todd said, and we're really seeing and hearing the same things. It, it's very much fueled by the regulation and the technology. I mean, you just need the economies of scale to be able to get those things done. And, and as Todd said, I mean, it, it quite often comes down to, I no longer enjoy doing this because I'm so mired in the compliance and the regulation. And so we're, we're really seeing, seeing and hearing the same things that he has mentioned. We're, we're also, and I agree with, with both of um, uh, Todd and Hillary, we're also seeing health and wellness play a role as well because of, you know, we, we talked to a number of advisors who previously would have said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave the industry, I'll, I'll die at my desk, quote unquote. And um, we're seeing then, you know, the sickness come in, whether them or their spouse or their family, and that's driving them uh, as well to, to leave the industry. And so we're just going to see that continue. And as with the aging demographics that we have in the industry, and um, on, on the flip side, from an acquisition standpoint, it's a great growth strategy, you know, instead of sort of hunting and pecking for one client at a time to go out and purchase, say, 300. Uh, it's an absolutely great growth strategy. Historically, the challenge has been in sourcing potential sellers. And uh, and that's because the supply hasn't really been there. But we're starting to see that turnaround. I don't think we'll ever see a true silver tsunami, as we've uh, called it in the industry, uh, with the number of retirements, but we're going to see more and more supply come on board. And that means the, you know, it's incumbent on the firms to prepare the next generation that they're going to be able to, to acquire these practices and be successful in the acquisition. And because the numbers has, you know, over the last, as I mentioned, five or 10 years has been down with new advisors coming into the industry. I think we all have to work that much harder to be able to uh, bring them up to speed, make sure they're ready to acquire. Uh, and be supportive and support them, uh, like Todd mentioned, with financing opportunities and so forth. But it's, it's you know, I think it's going to be one of our challenges over the next five, 10 years, not just in advisors retiring, but also in the acquisition process and preparing advisors to acquire. And how do the three of you see this changing the landscape in the industry? Are we going to see fewer one-person shops? Uh, yes, I think, you know, our... Our vision is that we're going to see more teams, bigger teams, less financial advisors in the industry overall, but more support, specific support roles on those teams uh, where it's more specialized. I think I think that's the future of our industry, at least as best as I can tell at this point, for sure. Hillary? Yeah, you know, I, I really we're seeing a little bit of both. You know, I do think there will be fewer advisors simply because there are just fewer people, you know, coming into the industry. So I do think a lot of that will consolidate. 
we also are seeing a lot of team approach and, and specialization and, and again, kind of that economies of scale. But we also do see, you know, the individual advisor who then wants to essentially sell or, or a succession plan with another individual advisor. So we're really seeing both of that and our resources reflect that. So we're helping whether it's one person, you know, transition to one person or whether it's, you know, coming together we, you know, we have all of the resources and support to help either, either way. Todd, any thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with, with both Rob and Hillary. I, I do think that there will continue to see a consolidation in the industry. And to Hillary's point, it, it'll come in a, a number of different flavors. We help people who are, you know, small mom and pop shops, silo advisors, all the way up through the, the very large enterprises. And, and the solutions for you know, the, when you go across that spectrum can vary widely. So being able to have resources to be able to help with both sides of that spectrum and anything in the middle is really important. And Patrice, you actually, you, you touched on something a little bit earlier with a question. And I, I don't think that I, I fully answered it. You, you talked about the pandemic and, and whether or not that was fueling the M&A rise that we've seen. I think partially it was, but I think what we saw more than fueling the, the M&A is, was more of a concern for continuity planning. So not necessarily buying or selling a business right now, but it was, it was definitely a reality check for a lot of our financial professionals. And I'm sure Hillary and Rob's financial professionals as well, that they're not immortal. Um, and to put something in place uh, for the, you know, the unexpected or unforeseen death disability of either themselves or uh, a loved one where they've had to, we've seen people had to exit the business because they had to become a primary caretaker of a loved one. The number of continuity agreements that we did in the past few years has more than tripled. So I think that's a, an important piece of this that a lot of people don't talk about is having that safety net in place and making sure, you know, even if you do theoretically say you want to die at your desk, I think that it's really a duty of financial professionals to have something in place to take care of their clients, their staff, and their family in the event that Monday morning they don't show up. Reality sets in, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Let's move on to some other trends and opportunities that you see in the industry. Well, who would like to start here? I'm, I'm happy to start, Patrice. Um, you know, trends, I think we've talked about a lot of the trends here, just, you know, transitioning out and advisors willing to consider, you know, what their retirement looks like and, and what that succession plan looks like. You know, I think there is a lot of opportunity if you are on the buy side of it, you know, for the first time in years, you know, you, there are a lot of opportunities to buy practices. And we have a number of advisors, you know, who, who love having that opportunity within our system. You know, you can, you know, grow your business um, in ways that are, far faster than going adding one client at a time. So we do see a lot of opportunity there. Rob, see any, any trends? Any other yeah, I would tell you, I think from an opportunity perspective, I think, I think there's an opportunity out there. One of the things that I don't think the industry has done well at all is preparing advisors for their next stage of, of their life. So for retirement specifically. And we've, I think a lot of the firms and, and those on this call included have done really well in, in putting teams together to help support 
whether it's the acquisition or or the sale of, of practices, but from from a uh, mental health, from a, a psychological preparation, I, I think there's opportunity for the industry really to, to help advisors out, get used to you know the next stage. What are they going to do when they wake up Monday morning of the first week? They're they're no longer a financial advisor, and and um, continue to let them know that. Uh, that they're going to be great. They're going to do well. Uh, it's it's encouraging them and preparing them for the next stage. And I think, again, I, I think the industry hasn't done well in that respect. And I think there's lots of opportunity to do that. So I do think more firms will put uh, resources in place to help advisors. Uh, on the trend side, I think acquisitions are you know going to continue to be uh, a popular for those that are prepared to acquire. And I think it's going to really come down more and more to those advisors who have really good processes in place because of the regulation, the increase in regulations, and as opposed to, I'm just a good guy, so why don't you sell to me? I think it's going to be uh, really looking at practices. If, if I'm the seller, looking at the practice to see how prepared they are to really service my clients in the best way possible. So I think from a trend perspective, we're going to see uh, firms and advisors get more process process driven uh, in order to be able to to acquire practices uh, as they move forward. I totally agree with Rob. We're seeing the same thing in that those who have very tight, very specific, well planned out processes really are in a much better position to be able to buy and absorb the business. One additional trend that we are seeing is a sell and stay. And that is something that we really weren't talking about even two or three years ago. And we seem to be talking a lot more about that now in having a model where the advisor sells the practice and then yet stays in some capacity, which helps those who kind of have that mindset of, I want to die at my desk. But again, everything being about, you know, client and taking care of the clients and the advisor's family, that really is a, a model and a format that kind of helps everybody because those clients will be taken care of, but the advisor can stay in the business for as long as they want. I'm hearing that more and more in my conversations with advisors. Yes, they they don't want to and you know just end it completely. They want to have a hand in it. They want to keep going a little bit here and a little bit there. It seems like the best of both worlds. But now we're running up against the clock here. So let's end on a, well, almost a positive note. Each of you, would you Give me one or two of the main concerns you have about the industry going forward. Well, I'll jump in. This is Todd. Um, I would say we've already talked about this a little bit. It's, you know, the we have fewer financial professionals coming in. We have more who are going out. We know that buying a business is the fastest way to grow your business. It's also the hardest way. I do think that Firms like the ones we have on the phone here today are, are developing resources around this. And I think more and more firms will. I think that a lot of people talk about this, but few execute on it. A lot of people just kind of regurgitate what they hear with no original thoughts or solutions. You know, it's, it's kind of like reading words on a bumper sticker. But I, I think that, Patrice, you've put together a great panel of really good panelists, um, great firms, and we're all friendly competitors. But we're all trying to do something in the industry that that's trying to help. And quite frankly, that's something that I'm very proud of. Hillary, Rob? Yeah, Todd, I, I think, you know, Todd nailed it. We all are out there working together, you know, to, to try to come up with solutions. I think, you know, one of the concerns is, you know, again, the, the fewer people coming into the industry, but also 
their mindset and the way they want to build a business is, is very, very different from those who are selling the business, how they built their business. So there's a lot of education, not just on how to be an advisor, but a lot of, you know, just that communication difference and where work-life balance is so much more important now, a lot of the people who built those businesses, you know, still did it back on, you know, yellow pages and picking up the phone and dialing um, for clients. And so just the mindset and, and the, you know, blood, sweat and tears they put into building their businesses. Now somebody's going to walk in and buy it as an existing business and then run it. You, you have to get over some of that mindset as well as well they just don't understand or they didn't work as hard. So I think we need to really be focused on some of that training and education and awareness as well. Rob, yeah. you want the last word? Sure. Uh, happy to, uh, you know, I think, I think it comes down to planning, which is, which is the main purpose of, of what we're talking about here and uh, really planning for all facets of, uh, of succession, which includes planning for, you know, the catastrophic. And while we don't like to think about it, having a plan in place, again, to, um, uh, to protect those around us, including staff, clients, uh, and family, and then planning for the ideal exit uh, and planning well in advance because you may have some false starts along the way. So if you're doing an internal succession and you bring on uh, a junior partner onto the team, but they don't work out, you're going to have to start over. And so you're going to, in some cases, need 10 to 15 years in order to really play it out. And so being prepared that well in advance, I think, is going to be uh, really important. Uh, and just planning for the next stage as well. So for the retiring advisor, what am I going to do? How am I going to accept being retired and knowing that that's going to be okay? And then if I'm the next gen, planning for when I do get my name in lights, when I do take over, uh, am I prepared, is my practice prepared to take on that many more clients uh, and am I positioned well? And so I think it's all about planning and uh, planning well in advance. Well, Todd and Hillary, Rob, great discussion, great thoughts. I thank you so much for giving us your time on this panel. And thank you for listening to this Wealthy Circle podcast. For more Wealthy Circle podcasts, visit WMTV on wealthmanagement.com.